Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Spending Showdown. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Wednesday, September 27th. Thanks for joining us. Here's what we have for you this hour. As the House tries to find funding to avoid a government shutdown this weekend, the Senate has proposed its own plan to keep the lights on. A New York judge rules Donald Trump and his family business committed fraud by falsely calculating property valuations on loan applications. The second of three Republican presidential debates is tonight at the Reagan Library in California. We'll have a preview. And the big cost of raising a child can often begin before birth for prospective parents who need a sperm bank. So most people don't think of it having a price tag, and it used to be a couple hundred bucks, you know, under $1,000 for families who needed it to grow their families. Now it's more likely to cost upwards of $2,000, and it's a lot more scarce than it once was. Rachel Wolf at the Wall Street Journal on why there are fewer sperm bank options. Amid all the talk of House Republicans trying to fund the government and avoid a shutdown this weekend, the Senate is moving forward with its own approach. The upper chamber yesterday advanced legislation that would extend funding until mid-November while also providing about $6 billion for Ukraine. It's not clear when it will pass the Senate or if it would then be brought to the Republican-controlled House for a vote. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. A government shutdown would be an unnecessary disruption of the important work of the Senate's agenda. So I would urge each of my colleagues to work this week to avoid one. Meanwhile, House Republicans advanced four full-year spending bills, but that does little to stave off a government shutdown starting Sunday morning. It's uncertain whether House Speaker Kevin McCarthy can convince enough fellow Republicans later this week to sign off on any short-term spending patch to buy more time to pass more full-year bills. A judge in New York has ruled that Donald Trump committed fraud for years while building his real estate empire by making false and misleading valuations. We get more from this morning's Mike Gavin. The New York Supreme Court judge ruled in a civil lawsuit brought by New York's Attorney General that the former president and his company deceived banks, insurers, and others by massively overvaluing his assets and exaggerating his net worth on paperwork used in making deals and securing financing. It could now become difficult or impossible for Trump's business to operate in that state since the judge also ordered some licenses be rescinded as punishment. In addition, an independent monitor will continue to oversee the Trump organization. Gordon. Thank you, Mike. The ruling handed a significant early victory to State Attorney General Letitia James, a Democrat, on part of her civil fraud case against Mr. Trump, which is set to go to trial next week. She has accused him of inflating his annual net worth by as much as $3.6 billion between 2011 and 2021 by falsely valuing his properties. The second of three Republican presidential debates will be held this evening at the Reagan Library in Southern California. Seven candidates have qualified. Former President Trump, the frontrunner in polls, will not attend. A preview from Matt McCoviak, GOP consultants. Matt, your read. Yeah, I mean, we're getting further down to the calendar now. And because there will only be seven candidates on the stage, they'll have a little bit more time. We still won't have Trump there, so he'll be... You know, sort of the dog that doesn't bark or cast a shadow over the debate. But I think it's really two things. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Trump is, has the largest lead in a Republican presidential primary in my lifetime. I'm 43 years old. 
Uh, so he, he's an overwhelming front runner right now. But what we really haven't seen is someone hasn't really established themselves as his, uh, you know, his top opponent. Uh, you know, it appeared it was going to be Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, when he got into the race and sort of come back down to earth a bit. And now he's really kind of, you know, mixed up in, in kind of a, a second tier with two or three or four other people, all of whom are competing to maybe be that finalist who could compete with Trump in the Super Tuesday uh, in March. So, number one, I think we need to see someone really emerge and start to coalesce the support of the, the non-Trump uh, primary voters. But I think second is um, it's not just enough to sort of introduce yourself at this point. I mean, you really need to, to make a case for why uh, you should be the Republican nominee, why you are a credible president, what your vision is for the country, what the major problems are that you see, and how your solutions are going to make them better. Uh, and, and that really is just kind of a threshold issue. Uh, they have to convince uh, both the audience in person, but, but even more so the TV audience, uh, that they are a caliber above the rest of the field. And up to this point, we haven't really seen anyone separate yeah. uh, from the non-Trump aspect of, of, the, of the competition. So in this sort of second tier of candidates, based on her performance in Milwaukee last month, is this Nikki Haley's debate to lose? Does that not make sense? I think she, uh, she has the most to gain again. Uh, she gained the most from the last one. Uh, she rocketed in the second in New Hampshire, and a poll came up, uh, and she, she's you know attracted certainly new financial support. And I think donors are starting to look at her uh, with the sense that maybe DeSantis you know, may not have it or can't get there or for whatever reason isn't catching fire. Um, so, yeah, I think she's going to get more attention. And I imagine since she did well last time and since she started to rise, she may also attract uh, more criticism from her competitors. I think the other subplot to watch here is – you know, Vivek Ramaswamy got a lot of attention at the last debate. Uh, you know, everyone expected DeSantis to be the person everyone would target. Vivek was so dynamic and really so kind of, uh, kind of uh, forceful uh, that, that he sort of uh, got under the skin of a number of candidates. And, and, and a lot of the debate was consumed by back and forth from him, yeah. uh, him attacking someone, them attacking him in, in, in response. It'll be interesting to see whether they can, uh, the candidates can discipline themselves enough not to do that again. If Vivek becomes the center of attention again, he's going to benefit. It's going to take away from the other candidates. I, I, I certainly would, would advise really all the other candidates to almost ignore him. Uh, he's kind of a plan, kind of Trump role uh, as mm. VP or cabinet or something like that. We're speaking with Matt Makoviak, GOP consultants, also host of a podcast called Mac on Politics. We're pre- previewing the Republican presidential debate in California. Uh, the, the North Dakota governor, Doug Burgum, does, it, yeah. is, is he intriguing at all? Because uh, he seems like somewhat of an outsider compared to the others who's, whose names we've heard before. He is. Uh, he is intriguing in some ways. He's, uh, you know, one of the, uh, I think one, maybe the only or, or one of the only uh, billionaires uh, from North Dakota. Uh, he built a business entirely by himself. Uh, he's built a legacy. He's been a successful governor. He obviously has the lowest profile. He spent something, it's north of, of, of 40 or $50 million at this point of his own money running television ads, which is how he was able to get in the debates, given that he has a low profile. Um, he is representing the heartland and, and the middle of America and is focused on agriculture and energy uh, as, as core issues and, as sort of, and, and really on issues that affect small-town America. I think that's a smart frame for him. Whether that's enough to, to, to get him into the conversation, to give him a real pathway, I doubt it. Uh, but, you know, could he be in the cabinet if it's Trump or someone else? Uh, I think so. He okay. was, uh, you know, relentlessly positive in the last debate, and he's an interesting guy.
Thanks, Matt. Matt Makoviak, GOP consultant and host of a podcast called Mac on Politics. By the way, the debate tonight begins at 9 p.m. Eastern. It'll be on Fox and Univision. One thing we all have in common is a need to feed. If you're like me, you love to eat and want to eat right without much pre-planning and shopping. Enter HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall with HelloFresh handling all the meal planning and shopping. They do the work, you take a bow. Plus, HelloFresh is more than just dinners. There's breakfast, quick lunches, fresh snacks, tasty, time-saving, and delivered to your front door. HelloFresh's convenience, variety, and quality keep me eating right all day and night. Right now, save from the start. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh's menu offers 40 recipes and over 100 add-ons. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Say goodbye to boring meal plans and HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Wednesday. President Biden is supporting striking auto workers and their demands for a 40% pay hike. He joined some of them on a picket line yesterday in Belleville, Michigan, at a parts distribution center owned by General Motors. Mr. Biden's appearance, the first visit by a U.S. president to striking workers in modern history, comes as the United Auto Workers Union has not offered its endorsement for Mr. Biden's re-election. He spoke to them through a bullhorn. Stick with it. You deserve the significant raise you need and other benefits. Not to be outdone, Donald Trump, the Republican frontrunner for president, will speak to auto workers in Michigan this evening. He'll address hundreds of workers at a gathering at an auto supplier in a Detroit suburb. Republicans believe Mr. Biden's push to electrify America's vehicle fleet by pumping billions of dollars of tax rebates into EV manufacturing is unpopular with auto workers. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The Senate moved ahead with its own approach to averting a partial government shutdown, advancing legislation that would extend funding through November 17th, while also providing about $6 billion apiece for Ukraine and for disaster relief. The Senate proposal, the only bipartisan approach currently being pursued by congressional leaders, sets up a showdown with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He wants to extend government funding, but on the condition that Congress also enact strict border security measures and exclude any new support for Kiev to keep his conference united. We want to make sure government stays open as we do our work. We're going to be here working late tonight. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer characterized the bill, which passed an initial step 77 to 19, as a bridge towards cooperation. Number two. A New York judge has found Donald Trump and his family business committed fraud by making false and misleading valuations on much of his real estate empire and ordered the cancellation of legal certificates that have allowed the Trumps to do business in the state. The ruling handed an early victory to State Attorney General Letitia James on part of her civil fraud case against Trump, which is set to go to trial next week. She sued Trump last year and has accused him of inflating his annual net worth by as much as $3.6 billion between 2011 and 2021 by falsely valuing his properties. 
number three. Alabama is headed to the first significant revamp of its congressional map in three decades after the Supreme Court rejected the state's bid to keep using a plan with a single majority black district. The decision sets the stage for a new map with greater representation for black voters to be put in place for the 2024 election. The justices denied Alabama's emergency request to keep Republican-drawn congressional lines in place and stop a three-judge panel from drawing new lines as the state appeals. Brooks Robinson, a third baseman known as the human vacuum cleaner during his 23-year career with the Baltimore Orioles, has died at the age of 86. He spoke with NBC after winning the 1970 World Series MVP. Just glad it's over. It was a great series, and things just really broke great for me. And I tell you, it took 25 of us, and uh, this group worked together and played together and, uh, all year, and it's great to be number one. Robinson's Hall of Fame career included two World Series victories, 18 All-Star teams, the American League MVP Award in 1964, and 16 Gold Glove wow. Awards. All right, thank you, Jen. Thanks for being with us. Choosing an anonymous sperm donor has never been easy, but it used to be a lot cheaper. New genetic screening and the reluctance of some would-be donors mean couples and single parents by choice have fewer options when they need help having children. More from Rachel Wolf, reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Rachel, explain. So sperm is one of those things where, you know, it is everywhere. Um, So most people don't think of it having a price tag. And it used to be a couple hundred bucks, you know, under a thousand dollars for families who needed it to grow their families. Now it's more likely to cost upwards of $2,000. And it's a lot more scarce than it once was. People have, people who are using sperm banks you know relying on donor sperm have way fewer options than they once did and so and and why why are there fewer options there are a few different things going on the pandemic meant that sperm banks couldn't accept donations for many months so that put them behind and they say that they just haven't been able to catch up a lot of them no longer allow donors to be anonymous because in some ways there's really no longer any such thing as anonymous donation with the proliferation of inexpensive DNA tests, the 23andMe's of the world, mm. you know, people who donated thinking that it, they, you know, their future kid was never going to be able to find them have learned uh, that that's not the case. So that's definitely deterring a lot of would-be donors. Um, they're also testing for more genetic diseases than they once were. So they used to test for like a hundred uh, diseases that, you know, most people don't know that they're carrying. Now there's over 500 that they're testing for. And so they say that they're turning way more people away. Wow. All right. So uh, how expensive is it these days? Many people are paying more than $2,000 for what equates to one single try. So that's a lot of pressure on one tiny vial of sperm. Uh, And so more people are using what's known as intrauterine insemination, which is where you go to a doctor's office. It's different from IVF, uh, but because it's become so expensive, you know, just to uh, have, you know, one attempt, people are coming up with different ways to do it. Wow. So you're going to a doctor's office for help versus there's a a do-it-yourself there is a do-it-yourself. Uh, that's the more affordable option, but yeah. you know none of it is affordable these days. It's <laughs> it's like all bad options. Um, 
it's really crazy hearing some of these people's stories. People who are taking out second jobs and personal loans and saving up for years to be able to afford it. And normally you think of that with egg donation. Eggs have always been really, really expensive. You have to find a gestational carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you need an egg to have a kid, that's you know always been a huge barrier to entry. But sperm hasn't always been that way. Thanks, Rachel. Rachel Wolf, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Taking the day's information and helping you make sense of it all. We're here for you every morning. You're listening to America's First News This Morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday, September 27. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. Senators unveil a bipartisan funding agreement. A judge says Donald Trump defrauded insurers by inflating property values for loans. The FTC in 17 states suing Amazon for stifling competition. Three South Carolina teenagers charged in connection with the murder of three high school students in Richland County. For at least the 11th time... The Biden family German Shepherd has bitten a Secret Service agent. And the New Jersey man whose free lawn service has sparked a movement. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Discover. Discover credit cards do something awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earned doubled. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Even if striking United Auto Workers don't get everything they want, experts say now is a great time to try. Here's Dan Divize, personal finance reporter at USA Today. Dan, what are you hearing? You know, uh, one of the top editors here was kind of asking, why would they do this now? They have these pretty audacious demands, like a lot of extra pay uh, for a little less time, uh, and, you know, an old-fashioned pension, all these demands. And the economy, I guess, is good, but it's a little shaky. So why are they doing this now? And I asked a whole bunch of experts in labor, you know, mostly academics, and they said this is actually a really good moment if you're labor because we've we've got, by his own account, the most pro-labor president ever in the history of presidents in the White House. Um, Gallup has shown that public favor for labor is at, not an all-time high, but close to it. Like two-thirds of the public think labor is groovy right now. Hmm. And look at the support that's that's come with the, the Hollywood screenwriters. And when people like uh, Bill Maher or um, uh, Drew Barrymore uh, start to try to put their show back on the air, there's pushback. And, you know, so it, it's kind of a good moment if you're labor. If, if, as one of my sources said, if not now, 
when? When would they strike if not now? This seems like a good time. Somebody also made the point about it seems that uh, some folks are cheering for the workers here against what they perceive as maybe big, bad billionaires. Yeah, there's been a lot of that, I think, since the pandemic, during the pandemic. And since that, there's been a lot of a sort of a strain of people really being angry at these multi-billionaires. And, you know, the virtual work movement is kind of tied up in this, you know, the inflation has been so high and, and regular workers out there feels like they're falling behind and the 1% are continuing to pull ahead. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a kind of a populist sentiment out there. And I think the union leaders, UAW, are seizing on this when they say, hey, we're not trying to hurt the economy here. We're trying to hurt the sort of billionaire economy. Yeah. We're speaking with Dan Divizet, personal finance reporter at USA Today. His piece is called Here's Why the UAW Strike May Have Come at the Perfect Time for Labor. What about the potential economic fallout here if this strike by the auto workers goes on for perhaps several weeks? Yeah, you know, I looked at all the different, you know, prognostications out there. And right now it's 10% of UAW that's actually striking. It's like three plants. And you can do the math and there's not a huge impact on the economy when three plants are idle. Um, if you multiply it to the entire UAW membership, then you're getting into, you know, billions. And, if, and that's even just for a week or two. And the academics I interviewed, you know, hypothesized this strike could go 40 days like the last strike went around that, maybe eight weeks, five weeks, 10 weeks, could be longer. No one really knows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as the weeks mount, and especially if UAW deploys more strikers, then it starts to multiply and it gets to be a serious effect. And where would the public notice this? Well, uh, remember the supply shortages we had during the pandemic, the, the chip, they weren't making the chips or something, and you couldn't get your car. That could happen again. You know, there, it, it could, you could easily imagine if, if enough people strike for long enough that suddenly there's, there's a demand and supply imbalance yet again. And, and then if it starts inconveniencing regular people out there who want to buy a car, you'd want to see, well, would this public support start to, start to uh, ebb away? I don't yeah. know. Uh, explain the basics here, maybe go in reverse for a minute, just what the United Auto Workers Union is after here and what they hope to get. Well, it's again, it sounds pretty audacious. Uh, they want a 40 or 46 percent, depending on the math, wage increase over like four years, which is a lot of money. Um, and they want a shorter work week, 32 hours instead of 40. They want a re- return to the 1980s, like Reagan era pension, an actual pension plan, which they don't have anymore. They want to end a sort of multi-tiered wage system, which I would imagine means that maybe people hired since the Great Recession might be paid, some of them at a lower, on a lower scale. Um, they want to kind of iron that out into one size fits all sort of wage scale. Um, and this all sounds <laughs> like a big ask, but you know, if you've ever negotiated for anything, you ask for more than you expect to get. And certainly that's what they've done. Thanks, Dan. Dan Divizet, personal finance reporter at USA Today. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday. It's time now for the Mic Drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, hardly a day goes by that there's not some animal-related hijinks in the news. We have two stories to tell you about today. We start in Florida, where a woman is in hot water after staging a birthday selfie with an alligator. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission was dispatched to a resort in Winter Garden to deal with a juvenile alligator that was being kept in a hotel 
hotel hotel bathroom. The woman told officials that she used to work at a wildlife park in Tampa that specializes in alligator and crocodile encounters. Hoping to take some birthday pics with one of the reptiles, she used the keys she still had for the facility and nabbed the alligator before the park opened. The gator was being kept in the hotel room bathtub and wildlife officials said it was cold to the touch from the chilly water in the tub but appeared to be otherwise okay Mm -hmm. and was eventually returned to the park. The park declined to pursue charges of theft or trespassing, though she was issued a notice to appear in court for possession of the alligator. Yeah. So uh, just a quick question. (laughs) So you go to the park, you swipe the alligator. Yes. You put the alligator in your car? Uh, I, I and assume then, so, yes. And then you, you drive, just uh, like asking out loud, I'm thinking this through. You, yes. you, you drive to the hotel. Right. Excuse me. Uh, I need a room <laughs> right. for me and my alligator. Right. <laughs> Do you have something available <laughs> that accommodates apex predators? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, right this way. Room 204. Yeah, uh, is available. We have your the Gator Suite yeah, is, uh, yeah, right. is always available right. on standby for these types of occasions. Birthday yeah. selfies with alligators. Right. Well, the, will you do you need like a, a king size bed? Do you need like two doubles? <laughs> like, I, how do you get a room for an alligator? Yeah. And I'll, a, co- I'll, I'll a queen only... size bed in a cage on the floor, yeah, maybe or something, something like, like that. that. Something along those yeah. lines for the alligator. Yeah. And about uh, thirty pounds of raw chicken. I please. mean, yeah, un- un- unbelievable. This... That, yeah, how this all happened. Right. Uh, and like you said, and I didn't even think about that part. How she was able to get it into the hotel yeah. without any. Anybody uh, kind of doing a double take? Here, boy. Like she's got it on a leash. Come on. <laughs> right. Come on. Come on. And I Follow drive the over in the car, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted oh, <laughs> some footage of that. Oh, man. And uh, there was some bad news and some good news for a flock of sheep in Greece recently. The bad news is a storm flooded their pasture, and they were forced to seek refuge elsewhere. The good news? They found it in a greenhouse full of marijuana plants. Mm. Newsweek says the sheep saw the plants and immediately got the munchies, devouring a whopping 600 pounds of the stuff. Weed has been legal in Greece for medicinal purposes since 2017, and the country welcomed their first medical cannabis plant this year. While marijuana can have medicinal uses for humans, we know it's dangerous for animals, though the sheep didn't seem to be any worse for wear. The shepherd said after binging on the pot plants, the sheep started jumping higher than the goats which he said never happens wow that seems odd because that's a kind of the opposite effect in humans right that was, that's what i was gonna ask right yeah. so, you know sort of the stereotypical effect in humans is that you're kind of get to get mellow chill yeah you know maybe get a little sleepy but uh mm-hmm. um not jumping higher than wow. you did before not setting any personal records in the high jump necessarily after right. uh do you know downing 600 pounds of marijuana so it turned out to be like a performance enhancing drug uh, yeah i guess i guess so plants for the sheep yeah maybe we're onto something here as far as the animals go <laughs> that's funny then they raided a local convenience store of all the uh, <laughs> chips and Doritos available. Of, of course they did. Thank you, Mike. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2023. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Wednesday. The average American car is a dozen years old and getting older. And since new vehicles cost more than 48 grand, 
you're probably motivated to keep the one you have. USA Today has ways to keep your current one on the road for longer. Number one, read your car maintenance schedule. Look for things you haven't done. YouTubers can also help with this. Changing the oil every few months is easy enough. The maintenance schedule will list less obvious and less frequent repairs. Many items will come up in a routine inspection. Others might not. One is the dreaded timing belt. If it fails, you've got significant problems. Number two, pay for a good vehicle inspection. It's a great way to play catch up with a neglected vehicle. Some mechanics will apply the cost toward any needed repairs. Number three, don't sneer at the bill. A thorough inspection of a neglected decade-old car might yield a list of urgent fixes that cost around 2000 bucks. Weigh that, though, against the expense of replacing the vehicle. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Senate leaders have released a short-term funding bill with just days left to avert a government shutdown to keep money flowing until November 17th. The bipartisan bill negotiated between leaders of the Democratic majority and the Republican minority include about $6 billion in aid to Ukraine and $6 billion in emergency disaster relief funding for FEMA. It would also provide money for the FAA and prevent a pay cut for federal firefighters. Republican Senator Marco Rubio on Fox. Now what we pass here is probably not going to be what the House can pass, at least under the current outlines. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who's struggling to corral the votes to pass government funding bills under his slum House majority, declined to say whether the chamber would accept a Senate pass bill to avoid a shutdown. Moody's and Wells Fargo warned this week a shutdown could hurt the U.S. economy. Number two. President Biden joined a picket line with striking auto workers in Belleville, Michigan on Tuesday, backing their demands for significant raises and telling workers to stick with the ongoing strike against Ford, GM and Stellantis. The president's appearance at an organized union strike marks the first ever visit by a U.S. president alongside striking workers. Number three. California will ban people from carrying firearms in most public places while doubling the taxes on guns and ammunition sold in the state under two new laws. Governor Gavin Newsom signed Tuesday that will test the limits of the Supreme Court's new standard for interpreting the Second Amendment. The federal government already taxes the sale of guns and ammunition at either 10 or 11 percent. The California law adds another 11 percent tax on top of that. A raging fire seemingly caused by fireworks set off to celebrate a Christian wedding consumed a hall packed with guests in northern Iraq, killing more than 100 people and injuring 150 others. Authorities say the death toll could still rise. Let's hear it for the dogs. Last Sunday, 219 dogs attended an early screening in Los Angeles of Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, setting a new Guinness World Record in the process. The previous official record for dogs at a film screening, which was set in October of 2022, included 199 dogs. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Glad you're with us. There's a man in northern New Jersey who wants to mow your lawn. Don't believe him? Ask the patent office. He trademarked the phrase. Brian Schwartz from Wayne, New Jersey, about 25 miles west of New York City, has pull-started a nationwide movement to automate and scale kindness. After losing his job during the pandemic, goodnewsnetwork.org says soon after he started a volunteer lawn care organization to help seniors, the disabled, and veterans take care of their properties. He does it all for free. While sprouting grassroots in New Jersey, the movement spread internationally, and I Want to Mow Your Lawn was born. Brian now oversees 
More than 500 volunteers in 46 states with similar groups in Australia, the U.K., and Canada. By the way, his teams also handle snow and ice and piles of leaves. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News. We'll be right back.